Sukkah, Perik Beis, Mishnah Tes, the last of the Perik, and that also means the last of the Mishnahs that discuss the mitzvah of Sukkah itself. The Mishnah says, Kol sayamim adam osa sukaso keva uveso arai. For the seven days of Sukkahs, a person should make his Sukkah his primary home, sukaso keva, like his fixed place of residence, uveso arai, and his, his regular home, um, just uh, like a casual place to be, meaning, that one should transfer his nice utensils and so into the sukkah because he's living in the sukkah. Unfortunately, those who lived in Europe and subsequently those who live in North America and in, in Europe, especially Northern Europe, um, so they fall into the terrible trap of thinking of the sukkah as a place where you just go to eat your meal and maybe halavai to sleep. But those who are in Eretz Yisrael know full well that the weather is great and it's really not just possible, but the proper thing to do, as the mission says here, to really live in your sukkah. So you spend your time in your sukkah, you're learning, you're eating, you're sleeping, you're living in your sukkah, you can move your bed in your sukkah, move your couch in the sukkah, we move our carpets into the sukkah, and so on. And that's the point of the mission here, that really the home, this din is coming to um, go against what we see as a common minhag, a common practice, hanhaga, I should say, of not looking at the sukkah as home per se, rather just a place to eat to tick the box. Rather, no, the sukkah is your home and therefore you should bring your nice things into the sukkah and live there for the week. Now, Yardu Gishamim, if rains begin to fall, at what point may one leave the sukkah? That would be under the exemption of Hamitzta'er, the one who's um, in discomfort. He's potter from the sukkah. As we said before, that's from the drasha. Teshvu, you should live in the sukkah, and we darshan ke'ein taduru, the same way you live in your home. And the same way, of course, that if you had a leak in your bedroom and it was dripping into your bed, you'd pick up and leave. Um, or dripping in your living room or dining room and it's dripping onto your food, you'd pick up and leave. So too in the sukkah. The question is how much rain authorizes you um, to be considered a mitzta'er and be able to leave the sukkah. By the way, there's some girsos that have not lifanot to exit the sukkah, but rather um, the girsos would be lifanot um, to take the nice utensils out of the sukkah. And either way, there's no difference in pshat really. The answer is mishatisrach hamikpa. When there's enough rain to ruin your mikpa, is like a bean porridge. That's literally what it is. What it, what the point here is? It's a very very lenient shiur. The idea being, according to Bartanura, that a mikpa is the kind of food which is not you know very soft. It's like congealed, it's congealed, um, as opposed to like a stew, a meaty stew, or like a very watery you know broth. It's somewhere in the middle. It's congealed. And it's the kind of, as my kids say when I make them oatmeal in the morning, ooh, it's soupy. So the mikveh is something kind of soupy in the context of like a, a consistency that rather is off-putting. And the idea is that most people don't want to eat anything with the consistency of a mikveh. So for sure, once it's mikveh that's got water dripping inside of it, forget it. All bets are off. No one wants to eat it. So that makes the mikveh, which happens to be made out of beans, this this particular dish, um, it's very hypersensitive to water. Even a little water will ruin it, and therefore this, the the threshold for dripping inside your sukkah to make you be exempt is a very low threshold. Once even little bits of drip of water come in enough that would ruin the mikpah food, um, you're now exempt. Mashlu mashal. The rabbis gave a metaphor to explain what it's comparable to when there's rain in your sukkah. The mahadavardoma, you know what it's like? Le'evid shabah limzo kos l'rabo. Like a servant who came to mix a drink, a cup for his master. This Mizigas Akov is referring to 
adding, um, combining wine and water together. They would typically drip their, drink their wine diluted um, three parts water to one part wine. That's Mzigas So he can't prepare this wine with the water for his master. And the master then goes and splashes the whole pitcher of water in the servant's face. That's the mushal. Now, as I'm sure you realize, if you learn Mishnayis with us here, that this is rather uncommon. It's rather uncommon for the mission to give a mushal, a metaphor, to sort of give some sort of like homily to what we're talking about. In the Gemara, it's actually not that uncommon at all. There are many times it says, In all cases, um, you have to ask yourself what this this uh, homily, this metaphor is coming to add. So in the case of our Mishnah here, it's not so far out. We're saying here that <clears throat> it's not just that you're exempt from the sukkah, but the way you should relate to your exemption is that Hashem is rejecting your service. That is to say um, that once you've been rejected, there's no, this is not a halachic point, you, there's no reason, there's no, there's no rationale at all to stick around the sukkah anyways. In other words, if it begins to rain and there's water dripping in your sukkah, it's time to leave the sukkah. You're not being somehow extra pious, a chassid, getting extra credit by sticking around in the sukkah in the rain. No. If it's raining in the sukkah, there's no point in staying there. There's no mitzvah to be there. Get up and get out. And that's the first point that the is coming to add. And the second point is the attitude one should have when he leaves the sukkah and it's raining should be one of sort of, you know, if not rejection, at least dejection. You feel very, you're, you're bummed out. You're sad that you're no longer able to fulfill your mitzvah as one would be if he were trying to do service, good service and get the water splashed in his face. So when you leave the sukkah, you don't think, oh, goody, I can go back to my, my nice, comfortable, warm living room. No, you should be sad that you missed the chance to do a vodas Hashem and live in the sukkah. Just wrapping it up, Vigra asks an interesting question. He says, the mushal doesn't exactly string together because what happens is the servant prepares a cup of wine, but then it's the pitcher of water that gets splashed in his face. Um, and it should have said the servant presents the cup of wine and the master rejects the cup of wine, splashing the cup of wine in his face. Why are we going to the pitcher? If you see inside the words, it says, The servant comes to arrange the cup of wine for his master. And the master splashes the ketone, the pitcher of water in his face. So the Gra answers that the point here, um, this is a fascinating idea, is that the opportunity of sukkahs is after we've emerged from Yimei Hadin, maybe there have been, Rahman al-Atzlan, negative gezeras, decrees against us. So the sukkah is a way somehow to be mimatek, to soften and, and that, that those decrees and sort of um, dilute them, if you will, with, with the Midas Arachmim. And Alpi Kabbalah, Kabbalistically speaking, water is always symbolic of Hashem's kindness, um, and wine actually is symbolic of Din. And the idea is that you're sort of you're tempering it a little bit, um, and much the same way. There's a, a I think quite a well-known midrash. It says when the Jews leave ju- the judgment of the Yom Narayim, you wouldn't know if they were victorious in their din until they walk with their lulavim like spears. And when you see them waving their lulavim, you know they were they succeeded in the in the court case against them. Now that's always a strange mashal, a strange strange midrash like. How in the world is waving a little of indicative of having succeeded in the dinam of Yom Narayim? Um, so I think the Pashan answer is that it's not that the lulav, waving the lulav, 
is the simon, is the thing that identifies that they succeeded, but rather it's the seba, it's the reason that they're succeeding. In other words, even if there was a negative din against so by doing the mitzvahs that come immediately on the heels of Yom Kippur, of the mitzvahs of Sukkot, so that even if things weren't great in terms of the din, this can now sort of temper that din. We have Hoshana Rabbah still coming, and things can become good. So what that means is that the avod that we do on Sukkot is a way to temper the din. Similarly, one note, we know that when we go into the Sukkah, there's talk about how if one were had been decreed to go into exile, he would fulfill this. That same idea that one is tempering the the potentially bad gazeros um, that were decreed on 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 Yom Hadin on Rosh Hashanah and through um, ratified on, on Yom Kippur. So the point of the mashal, according to the Gra, is that the Eved, which is the Kalal Yisrael, is coming to serve the Rav, the Master, which is Hashem, and to be limzog kos, to be mzigas kos, means to take the 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 wine and water it down to temper it. But Hashem rejects that avoda and says, I'm not allowing you to have that tool of the avoda of the sukkah to temper the din. And therefore Hashem Sambalhi takes the the pitcher of water itself, meaning the agent that would allow for the tempering of the din, and he dumps that in our face, rejecting not just the particular cup of wine, but rather the whole means, the avoda, by which we might be able to temper and sweeten the din. And that certainly is a rejection. And would be regrettable, and therefore, as Hashem, like we had at this year, we will not have rain to kick us out of our sukkah.